0: wanted to tell you about my newest sponsor, which is the original Craft Beer Club. With the Craft Beer Club, club members can choose from 12 or 24 bottles a month of four different beer styles and select the frequency of delivery monthly, quarterly, or every other month. At craftbeerclub.com, there's never sign-up or monthly fees or an obligation to continue. Club members can cancel anytime for any reason. Use the link in the show notes to get free shipping in the continental U.S., and up to three free gifts. All right, welcome back into Brewery Adventures. I am your host David McKinney. This week we are staying in my hometown, Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, Cincinnati area, I guess. Uh, we're talking about Fretboard Brewing, which is technically located in Blue Ash, but uh I think through and through they are a Cincinnati brewery and uh if you follow Cincinnati beer, if you follow beer blogging, probably somebody that you've come across uh, on the interwebs is joining me today to talk about fretboard. Uh, I have craft beer Joe, so thanks for joining me, uh, craft beer Joe. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for inviting me
1: on. Um, obviously, I love talking about beer, especially when it's local beer. So I'm excited to talk about fretboard.
0: So I never know what to call you. Is it just Joe? Do I have to call you by your your like knighted name, craft beer Joe, or uh, how do you how do you uh, what do you prefer?
1: You know, uh, Joe is fine, but um, it is funny because there are certain circles or certain places that I go that I I get the full name, and that's always fun.
0: <laughs> well, and it's funny because I think we've known probably of each other for a couple of years, and uh, today I learned your last name for the first time. So I won't say that for uh, for for uh, secrecy's sake, but uh, it's it's kind of funny how you know you can know and interact people, and and that's you interact with people for years and, and not even know their last name. But that's one of the fun things about beer. I mean, you can talk to people all around on the world or on the other side of, of Cincinnati. Uh, you're on the west side, I'm on the east side, I think. So that pretty much is, if you know anything about Cincinnati, might as well be the, be the other side of the world, right?
1: Uh, it truly is. It is. Um, well, luckily for you, most of the beer is on the east side. So I have to travel uh, a little bit to, to get to it. But no, you're absolutely right. I mean, when it comes to The beer and the community, it is so easy to connect with people and talk with them and never actually meet them in person. But but it's always great when you finally do get to meet people in person and uh, hopefully have a a beer or two with them.
0: Yeah, and uh, a great place to have a beer or two. Uh, Obviously, pandemic, you know, shuts everything down and and changes plans. But uh, one of my favorite places before and even after uh, the during the pandemic uh, has been fretboard. And part of the reason is because they have such a large open tap room Uh, we're in the year 2020 they just added an outdoor patio we're getting into november so the patio days are are few and far between but uh, that's one of the things that i love about fretboard they have a big open tap room it's a big like warehouse space uh, type tap room they have a big stage Uh, if you know the name fretboard obviously it refers to uh, the frets uh, you know the area directly below the strings on a guitar Um, and that's i think the biggest thing with fretboard so um, first, we'll talk a little bit about kind of the history of Fretboard. Then we'll obviously talk about the tap room, uh, and then we'll of course talk about the beer. And, and I know one of the favorites that they have you're drinking today uh, is is one of my favorites as well. Um, I, I, they affectionately call it a breakfast beer. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so Fretboard opened up <laughs> in uh, 2017. Uh, they actually just hit their three year anniversary uh, at the beginning of November, which is part of the reason why I wanted to talk about them today. But uh, Brad Plank. Who is the brewer Joe Sierra and Jim Klosterman uh, joined together to form Fretboard Brewing and opened up in Blue Ash uh, obviously with the goal to not only be a brewery but then also to be a space for live music be a space for not only live music but then also they have uh, and I'm not sure um, what the what the COVID uh, procedures are around it but they have uh, uh, audition or not audition but uh, space for musicians to go in and practice or do Guitar lessons, drum lessons, uh, etc., and it's a really cool kind of unique, uh, unique setup. And I think that that's one of the things that at the beginning, you know, it's cool to have like a theme. Uh, and And they definitely got a lot of press for that, not only in Cincinnati but around the U.S. But it's kind of cool to see a brewery that that does that, but then obviously goes and backs it up with some great beer.
1: No, I mean having a theme is critical anymore, right? It used to be you could just open a brewery and call it whatever, right? called well, david's brewery make some beer and everyone showed up and uh with the competition out there you have to really kind of embrace your culture and your theme and they have just nailed that with their music um you know you go there and you see like real live music it isn't just like a, a guy on a acoustic guitar every once in a while no they full concerts inside their tap room
0: Yeah, that's, you know, even, you know, and again, sometimes it is just a guy and his guitar, but then, you know, other times it is, you know, full concerts, like full ticketed events, um, you know, where they kind of shut, you know, for lack of a better term, shut down the kind of public tap room and become like an event space. So we actually in Cincinnati are lucky we have multiple places like that we have uh, urban artifact and and Northside. that's also. A, a live concert space um, and they have actually two places where they do concerts um, but it, it's it's very cool to see that you know and it's not just lip service that they, you know, are saying, hey, we're going to have, you know, some concerts here. We're, they really, truly believe in the music piece of it. And I think even, you know, with the the pandemic and the shutdown, I think that they're still one of the places. Obviously, it's way scaled back, but they're one of the places as the tap room opened back up, you know, social distance concerts and things like that. And and I think that I've seen musicians around Cincinnati being very, very grateful for uh, at least to have something uh, out there to, uh, you know, a place to perform.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it really supports the community, like you're saying, uh, and we can talk a little bit about their food as well, but they have this idea of like kind of supporting what they think is important and music is something that, you know, the owners um, really care about. I mean, so much so that, you know, A couple of them are actually like in a makeshift band with another brewery that you you could kind of see at different (laughs) events, which is kind of ironic, but it's true. I mean, they really live music, right? Um, So that's why they came up with the name. That's why they have the event space there. Um, And they do. I mean, obviously, they're paying these musicians to come in. So it's, you know, you create this like give and take with your community.
0: Yeah. And uh, so before I forget, uh, so obviously fretboard located in Blue Ash, they actually do have a second location. Uh, that they opened at the very end of 2019 in Hamilton, Ohio, which is about 20, 25 miles north of, of downtown Cincinnati. Uh, it's actually a, another brewery that they took over called quarter barrel. So they do have two locations. We're going to mostly focus on the blue ash location though, but lest I forget, uh, they, they have two locations and, uh, the beer is pretty much the same at both locations and, and the food is a little different, but, uh, Yeah. So one of the things that I love about um, fretboard as well is they started as a brewery and then they've kind of evolved into, you know, even something a little bit more than, you know, just a neighborhood brewery. They've started canning. They've had that, I think, perfect, uh, you know, obviously they were small at the beginning, but they've had that perfect, uh, you know, lifespan, Uh, you know, in three years, they're canning. Of course, now they're all of a sudden winning medals at Great American Beer Fest. You see them distributing a little bit. Uh, And, you know, I think a lot of people uh, accredit that to adding a fourth member to the team. Um, Obviously, the original team was fantastic as is. But adding uh, Kevin Moreland, who is kind of a legend around Cincinnati, to the team uh, about six months or so, I think it was, after they opened. And Kevin Moreland was uh, formerly the head brewer at Listerman Brewing, uh, one of the better better known breweries in Cincinnati, and then was a co-founder of Tafts which opened up in an old church uh, in in downtown Cincinnati, but he formed a consulting business and was helping breweries open up and, and new breweries around Cincinnati and uh, kind of helped the guys from fretboard. And they said, Hey, why don't you come on and be a partner and and be our production manager? And uh, I think that that's really helped them kind of take them to the next level of really having a a set plan. Obviously, you know, everyone has a plan uh, at the beginning and then you open up and it probably turns into something completely different, but I really love what they've done in terms of, you know, a great pace. Uh, you know, they're not getting too big too fast, but you know, they have a, a pretty big system, um, and 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 they're really making a great use of that.
1: No, you're absolutely right in the three year span, and I do think Kevin was um, really critical in getting that three year plan going as quickly as they as they were able to execute it because of his history and his knowledge of you know production and so forth. But you're absolutely right. I mean. I remember going there when they first opened and they were like, well, yeah, we're definitely going to distribute to restaurants and with kegs and stuff like that. And uh, we have intentions of canning. We're not really sure how that fits in, but it will happen. We just don't know when. And it seemed like we blanked and they had almost blown up. Like they were already in bars and restaurants and, and then we're starting to see some cans from them pretty early on. But like what you're saying, never at a scale that was bigger than what they could handle. And you could, you could feel it. They really kind of were embracing it and, and stepping into and growing into who they were becoming all in stride. It was, it was very impressive how they, they, they got to where they're at right now.
0: Yeah. And, and I completely agree. So, you know, they obviously, uh, you know, I think a big part of, of, Of Being able to open and and being able to scale that was opening up with, you know, a fairly large system. Uh, They have a 20 barrel system. Uh, The building that they're in overall is 17,000 square feet. Uh, They have a 6,500 square foot brewery where they have that 20 barrel system. They opened uh, with six 40 barrel fermenters and I actually pulled this Information right off of your, of your website, so a huge thank you and a huge shout out to CraftBeerJoe.com for uh, for all this information. But then their tap room itself is 3,500 square feet, but it feels so much bigger than that because it's it's open. Um, you can see the the brew house right behind the bar. Uh, they've got a, a pretty large bar um, and plenty of tables. Whether you like high tops, whether you like low tops, uh, whether you you know, want to sit with you know two people, ten people, uh, or sit at the bar. Uh, now they have the patio outside. It's it's one of those tap rooms. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people crap on, you know, warehouse style tap rooms. But for me, I think that that's like perfect for a brewery because, you know, what other place do you have where you can, I mean, it's so hard to fit a brewery into, for example, an old church, right? <laughs> um, but uh, what other place other than a big open warehouse space is, is perfect for a tap room? And, and they've made a great use of all their space there as well.
1: Yeah, they really did. And, and again, the space they're in is kind of that um, mixed use, light industrial, where uh, you have an office up front and then a warehouse in the back. And obviously, they renovated it, right? This wasn't purpose built for what they were doing. But when you walk in, it fits so well. And, and it's this mix between, again, embracing the music with the stage, but you know, I think we all remember back when craft beer started and like the only craft breweries out there were in warehouses and it still has kind of that old school vibe to it. But it's larger. It's got high ceilings. And like you said, it's got all of the space that you'd want to be able to spread out and, and mingle. So it feels it, it feels modern, but it still has kind of that <laughs> throwback feel to it as well, because, uh, yeah, you can order a beer and stare at the brew house right right there. They're right next to each other, which is just kind of a, a beautiful way to set it up.
0: Yeah and uh completely agree with you and uh you know you you mentioned the food earlier i think that that's a lot of times with a brewery kind of gets overlooked um unfortunately i mean you love to have i love to go to a brewery with food but it's like eh, it kind of is what it is right um i think a lot of people just you know throw in whether it's pizza or throw in you know bar food uh, they really went out and and found a great partner uh in uh smoked out sensi to um have barbecue available. And I personally think that barbecue is probably the best food that goes with any beer. Um and also smoked out has some fantastic barbecue. And and my favorite thing on the menu though is actually the macaroni and cheese. But they have a, a fantastic partner um that you know they you know they say hey you go do this part of the business and you're going to be awesome at it. And then we'll take care of the beer in the tap room and everything else in it. And it's great, I think, for you know it, it makes that their tap room so much more of a, you know, family friendly space, which which I always, you know, see tons of, of kids there, tons of families, you know, all different generations there, um, you know, people that, you know, hey, I don't, you know, I don't want to just go to a brewery. Hey, well, they've got food uh, as well. And, and it's pretty darn good food. Do you like barbecue? And, and I don't know anybody that doesn't really like barbecue. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they've got a, a perfect partner there as well.
1: No, they do. And there's different ways to do food in a brewery. And like either you have to like not worry about it at all, worry about just do like food trucks. You have to like embrace it 100 percent. Like you mentioned, Taft's like they've done a phenomenal job with their food program. Or you have to kind of do something in the middle where you kind of sublet out part of your space to a restaurant and let them take care of it. And, And it is a great way to do it because the brewery focuses on the beer, the restaurant focuses on the food. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't know. Next to barbecue, pizza is like a number two for me with beer, right? But yeah, barbecue is just like perfect because you have all of these great flavors, and I guarantee Fretboard has a beer that are paired just perfectly with anything that's on the menu from uh, Smoked Out Yeah,
0: and a, a shout out, uh, it's currently Pizza Week in Cincinnati, and two of the breweries now are actually two and a half, I guess, are participating. Um uh, you've got Bad Tom Smith which has a long pizza, uh, big ash uh, kind of out toward me, uh, in, uh Anderson-ish, I guess Mount Washington. Uh they have pizza and then Madtree which is catch a fire pizza. So I mean if you like pizza and you like beer, this is the perfect week uh to to go out and get uh, I'm, I'm a huge pizza person too, but uh it's like hey, another brewery with pizza, right? How many places can you do? But uh, uh it's it's great when you have something different and something a little unique and, and like I said, I think you know, barbecue goes perfect with, uh, with beer. So uh, let's talk about the beer. Um, I see that you're drinking. First of all, uh, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, tell us about the beer that you're drinking.
1: Yeah. So Fuji is a breakfast sale is what they call it. And I'd have to see on the can if they actually say what all the ingredients are in it. But it, when they say breakfast sale, they don't mean that you should drink it with breakfast. I guess you you could, right? But the idea that it, it has all these flavors of breakfast. So you got to think French toast, pancakes, things like that. So you're getting the maple and I believe they put cinnamon in it as well. And it just brings out, I mean, and the base beer is a brown ale. So I guess kind of start there that it's not a heavy beer. It's not like you're drinking a, a 10% stout. So the body isn't heavy, um, but it carries enough character uh, that the, again, those flavors of, I get a lot of maple and cinnamon out of it are just perfect in it. And so you get a little, it's a little bit of sweetness, but not, again, not overly sweet. We're not talking like pastry stout or anything crazy like that. Um, just enough to remind you of a
0: uh, French toast or waffles. Yeah. It's a beer that, you know, I think when, when I, you know, get, get like a sweet beer like that, I think of like, you know, those big Russian Imperial stouts and 10, 12, 15%. Um, but then you're like, you look at it and it's like, oh, it's 6.1%. So I can have a couple of these. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so they, you know, that's one of their ones where it's like, that's really, I feel like pushing the 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 boundary for them um, where I think that they've really excelled the most is uh, their kind of traditional European style. So right off the bat, uh, their beer, um, uh, Vlad, which is a, a Pilsner, um, won, uh, at the world beer cup, uh, uh, I believe it won gold, right now silver, sorry, silver at 2018, uh, the world beer cup and also U S open beer competition. And I mean, if you're going to start with a, with a, with a European style or German style, Pilsner is, is you know, one of those, if you can do that well, you can probably pretty much do anything well. Um, and, and they're not only doing it well, they're doing it at a world-class level. Um, yeah, completely agree. And I mean, people talk about Pilsner all the time and not
1: everyone loves Pilsner, but what you have to realize about Pilsner is... You can't hide anything in a pilsner, like all of the elements, even the the water chemistry stands out in it. You get the hops, you're getting them all, the yeast is all there. You taste all of it and none of it's hidden. So if there's a flaw, everyone's going to know real fast. So you're absolutely right. If If you can nail that, there's really nothing else you can't do.
0: Yeah. And, you know, kind of one of their more, you know, I never really hear anybody talking about this beer, but I've, I've had it a couple of times. Uh, it actually just won a gold medal at a Great American Beer Festival, is Crazy Train, which is a Belgian pale ale. And it's not really a style that you, A, the style is not really one where people go crazy over. And then B, it's not really a beer in terms of like the grand scale of, you know, top beers in Cincinnati. It's not really one that you hear you know as like the first maybe 20 out of somebody's mouth you know it's not one of those like hype beers but just a fantastic you know representation of the style um and uh you know again one of my favorite it actually won i think it was copper ale it won the i don't know this the the uh the gabf styles but that was the the style that it won and that one comes in five and a half percent you know great malt character and you get that like that belgian uh which you know kind of that like bubble gummy you know a little bit of pepper flavor not not quite saison level but uh, you get that like you know plenty of malt but then a little bit of hops in it as well um that's a great one and then um they've also won for their clusterman honey wheat lager they won at the uh at the honey beer competition which i did not know that was a thing uh and then uh they won for sound check uh they won a um at the U S open beer championship in 2019, but the big award that they won, um, and these are huge awards every year, uh, 2018, their first year, uh, first full year, they won the RateBeer.com best new brewery in Ohio. And, uh, that's one of those that I think people every year, um, they look to see like, you know, what are the, what are the breweries that are winning that? Like Rheingeist has won that, uh, branch and bone, uh, which coincidentally, uh, fretboard just did a, an awesome collaboration, at dark check lager uh, with them uh, that we featured on my other podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, Um, beers and beards, but you know, a great uh, list of, uh, and I think um, uh, not Jackie O's uh, what's the other Athens brewery, little fish one a couple of years ago as well. So it, those are like some of the best breweries in, in the state, Uh, And in the country that are winning, you know, that, you know, best new brewery award and uh, to see uh, fretboard be on that level, it really, I think shows kind of the quality of their beer.
1: Well, and it's one of those awards that – you said it was 2018 that they won that. Was that accurate? Yeah, Yep. I mean, how many breweries opened up in Ohio in 2018? It's not a small number, right? So it's one of those things yeah. that if you can stand out against that much competition, that is really impressive. And we all know breweries that we love, but sometimes it takes them a year or two to figure things out. Like they're trying to just hone things in. They try to figure who they are. Uh, not front board. I mean, they honestly just day one, they, they knew who they were. And they started making great beer right out of the gate. And you mentioned Crazy Train, and I'm glad you said that you liked it. That's probably my go-to when I go there. Like, it is just one of the, like, of all the stuff that's on the board, I know I can count on that just being yeah. something that's just going to hit the spot for me every time. And it's not something you see everywhere. You're like, you don't see Belgian pale ales almost anywhere. So it catches my attention every time, and I, I'm never disappointed by it. And I, I believe they're canning that now. Do they just can it? remember hearing something. Um,
0: Yes, they did actually just recently um, started canning it. And I was told, and and I maybe need to to reach out to them, that Vlad was pretty much going to be a year-round can. And I've only seen it like once or twice. And I go to some of the like best bottle shops in Cincinnati. So uh, maybe people are just getting it every time that they get it. Maybe it's that hot of a commodity. But uh, I want to see that one in in cans, you know, year-round. But, you know, speaking of year-round, so – I you know, have been looking into a lot of, of breweries, you know, especially the ones I've been to and going back. And it seems like a lot of places are starting to move slowly away from having, whether it be core beers, year round beers, whatever you want to call them. They're kind of leaning into that. I mean, their, their list on their website right now is more than half of it is year round beers. Um, they have uh let's see let's count them one two three four five six seven eight nine ten of their beers currently listed as year-round beers and that's impressive to have that many beers that you're brewing all the time um and not just you know an ipa or you know a, a stout and a you know and a light beer they've got um mellow Ship, which is a india session pilsner uh reba which is strawberry blonde bootsy which we'll talk about in a in a minute um Vlad, which you mentioned, uh, Trey, which is an amber ale, Impra, which is their IPA, Crazy Train, which is their Belgian uh, pale ale, uh, Baseline Junkie, which is a porter, Jack White Ale, uh, and then Island Style, which is a tropical red. So it's kind of a little bit of something for everybody, you know, no matter which style you like, other than maybe Sours, um, they, they haven't really done too much in terms of of that uh, that area yet, but everything else no matter what you like in just in their core beers that they pretty much have something for everybody. No,
1: it, it is an interesting trend because I don't know. Craft beer keeps kind of doing this weird thing where it seems like the seasonal and the limited release stuff always gets all the attention, but for any brewery, you only get large based on your your flagship beers or your core beers. I mean, even like historically, thinking like Sierra Nevada and Sam Adams and Stone, yep. like they all had like a single beer that put them on the map that probably represented 80 plus percent of their sales. And But even modern craft beer, you talk about Rheingeis being local, there's a few of their beers that really represent a very large portion of what they do. Um, So I think it's a good strategy to have good year round beers. And I think that we're also lucky that Fretboard is just really good at making one-off beers. They've done some fun barrel-aged stuff. They do some good seasonal stuff. Uh, Their winter warmers coming out right now. I think it just hit the shelves recently. So uh, they're kind of doing it all, honestly. Uh, But having those flagships I think is really critical to the return business. In their tap room, and I think like you said it every time you go there, it's packed full of families and and beer fans because they know they can count on those year round offerings.
0: Yeah, and you know, year round, of course, is you know, I think the the backbone to your business. But those fun beers that uh, it, that you know you get a lot of recognition for, and and they've done a really smart thing in doing collaborations. They've they've just now very slowly started doing collaborations with with other breweries, but they've kind of made a fun name for themselves by doing collaborations with whether it be musicians or, uh, bread companies or, uh, arts wave here in Cincinnati. Um, they did a, a beer with Bootsy Collins who, uh, you know, is a Cincinnati legend, of course, uh, in James Brown's backing band and then in parliament, Funkadelic in the seventies and has still been, uh, you know, still performing to this day. I think he's like 70 years old. Um, but, uh, you know, still been still performing. And then it, it's kind of cool that the beer that they did with him is actually an IPA, um, that, you know, is called, uh, 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 Bootsy, which is their brewski IPA, um, brewed with mosaic and, and experimental hops. And that's a really fun one. Um, they did a, a rye beer with Klosterman, which I'm the rye person. Like I know that rye doesn't sell, but, uh, I, any anytime I can find a rye beer, I'm like I'm buying it, and and I loved that one. Um, and then they've done a couple of Arts Wave beers. They did a, a bourbon mash lager with Arts Wave, and as I get more and more into bourbon, it's it's cool to see, you know, breweries that are really you know reaching out to that spirit side of the world as well. Doing you know bourbon mash means at least fifty one percent of the mash bill has to be corn, and even even uh, uh, Miller Light doesn't have fifty one percent corn. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see some of these unique, uh, collaborations that they're doing, you know, outside of just, Hey, we're going to team up with another brewery. You know, those are always fun, but teaming up with, with other people, whether it be artists or, you know, arts wave, or again, a bread company. Um, of course, one of their founders is, you know, part of the Klosterman family, but, uh, which makes sense, but, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the collaborations I think are, are one of the things that, isn't necessarily even forefront about them, but it's one of those other fun things that they do.
1: Well, and and it gets you attention from outside the beer world, right? It's again, you mentioned doing a collaboration with branch and bone, which again, if you're kind of in the the Southern Ohio area, you know, that brewery because they've kind of came onto the scene really strong and that gets us excited. But, To anyone else, they don't really care. Like even if they knew who fretboard is, they don't really understand why that makes sense and why that's important. But when you do collaborations with people from outside the beer world, you are expanding your reach and your influence into those people. I mean, I guarantee you, people went and picked up that Bootsy Collins beer just because they like Bootsy Collins, or vice versa with the rye (laughs) bread beer. Like (laughs) I've been buying Klosterman rye bread for years, so why would I try the beer? that has the same name. I mean, it's just that idea that it gets you some really good press. um, And it helps people, I think, introduce them into craft beer. Um, Because there are people that will buy that simply because they think it's cool. And then they'll hopefully like what they try and be willing to come out to fretboard and try more of their beer.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, to to mention about those collaborations is it's not just – you know random collaborations where they you know I, I think that they're all meaningful to to the brewery as well it's not just you know hey let's do a collaboration with you know Bootsy collins because he's a huge name they have a relationship with him and you know obviously being you know the music bu- music brewery um, i i want to say he's done a concert there maybe i, I could be wrong i don't i'm <laughs> not that up on the all the concerts that they've done but uh it's it it's not just um you know it it's, it's uh, not just they're not just playing up to, hey, let's make money off of somebody else's name. Um, I think that these are really truly um, you know, collaborations that mean a lot to them, as opposed to just doing something to, to get the attention. Yep. Yeah, I feel like
1: everything they've done, every step along the way has been really authentic, right? And again, we kind of talked about it with the music and how that, like, it isn't just like, hey, we wanted to have live music to attract people. No, live music is something they love. And um, you had mentioned, like, they have these spaces that you can rent to do band practice or do lessons and stuff like that. Like, they didn't have to do that. That was really going the extra mile because music really does matter to them. Um, So, yeah, very authentic. Um, The owners, the whole culture there.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course fretboard is fantastic. I always like to, uh, to mention some of the other breweries. If you're in the area, if you're traveling to, uh, to fretboard, um, right around the corner, there are at least three other breweries and all do something really fun and really, uh, really cool. So you've got, um, March 1st, which is, uh, also in blue ash, a little North of them. You've got uh, firehouse grill, which just recently opened and, the name of the other brewery is escaping me (laughs) is that all well um
1: depends on which direction you're heading but i would assume sonder isn't too far from there Um, yeah
0: sonder if you want to go north into mason um, high grain if you want to go a little bit south that's the one i was thinking of which is a little down toward um silverton area but uh yeah that area i feel like is is becoming more and more you know, it, it was kind of a little bit of a, uh, an, an empty area, a brewery desert for a little while. And then all of a sudden you've had, you had multiple places open up. Um, unfortunately one of the few that's closed and Cincinnati was in that area as well, Queen city brewery. Um, but I think that there's plenty of people in that area to, to support multiple breweries. As you see both fretboard and March 1st, continuing to expand and, and do really good things and, um, firehouse grill, which is more of a uh, restaurant that added a brewery. Um, but some, some really, uh, interesting and cool breweries, unique breweries in that area. Uh, if you, if you are in the blue ash area just outside of Cincinnati. And, uh, so that is going to do it for a fretboard. So craft beer, Joe, thanks for joining me. Let people know, uh, you know, obviously your, your website is a beer blog. I know you do some Cincinnati stuff. You do some national stuff. I always have to check out your uh, best beers that I tried each month to see how many of the same ones that you've tried, but you always get some crazy unique beers, which is, you know, from, from all over the place. And I know you're the big uh, 450 North guy as well. Um, their beers have kind of gone off the deep end a little bit for me with the, uh, with the crazy sweetness, but uh, I always love to see what they come up with next. Um, but uh, let people know about your, your website and and where people can find you.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And this is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, craft beer, Joe.com is uh, the website. So check that out. Like you said, I try to post something at least monthly. Um, a lot of it's kind of editorial, topical type things. But one of the things I definitely do every month is provide a list of the best beer that I had. Um, so normally I pick like my top three, give some honorable mentions. Um, a lot of Cincinnati stuff because I love Cincinnati, but I'm not afraid to have, you know, beer from anywhere in the nation. So you'll definitely find other things on there. Um, and then find me on social media. Uh, Instagram is probably the biggest so just search for craft beer, Joe, all one word, um, but I'm on Twitter as well. So we can chat it up over there as well.
0: Yeah. And you also have uh, the uh, brewery list of who owns who, which is awesome. If you are very big into making sure that, you know, uh, which, you know, whether your beer is craft um, I know that small brewery Sunday is coming up. So make sure that you go out and support your local brewery, wherever you are and make sure you support uh, not only local breweries, but uh, local tap rooms, bottle shops, places like that as well. Uh, that are that are bringing great craft beer to you. So, thanks for joining me, craft beer Joe. You can follow me uh, at MMA McKinney on all the social media outlets. You can follow Brewery Adventures on Instagram at Brewery Adventures underscore, and uh, we will be, be be back next week with another episode.